Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. Let's read about three men who were called to be closer to Jesus. They were chosen out from among the chosen to be in a special place. <clears throat> we're going to speak, Lord willing, on our new home. But the setting of our new home is found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There's some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Then the next, very next verse, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up unto a high mountain apart. Now remember, Jesus had twelve that he had chosen to be disciples. But these three men, you find them being frequented several times. I don't know if you've ever noticed it in reading the Gospels or not, but it's always in the acquisition or the conquering of deaths that Peter, James, and John are called in. When the little maid is raised from the dead, different ones that are being raised from the dead, it'll be these three that are included in this great miraculous thing of conquering Death. Now the Lord Jesus is going to allow them to enter into the view of the rapture, as it were, and also the order of the future kingdom, which is the annihilation of death. Now notice, so it was Peter, 
James and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Now Moses and Elijah wasn't talking to Peter, James, and John, but he was talking to the Lord Jesus. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, poor old guy, bless his heart, I mean, thank God these things are written for big-mouthed people that, you know, open their mouth and change feet. I mean, that's what they do. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Brother Branham, one for Paul, one for Brother Donnie, one One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, shut up, Peter. (laughs) This is my beloved son. Hear him. It's time for you to shut up, Peter. Your ideas are contrary to my view. They're contrary to my thinking. So just hold your peace and let him speak. Well, I think we all need that at times, don't you? While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. The order of the future kingdom. Praise the Lord. I may like to be remembered in prayer tonight. Amen. Certainly want to remember all of our youths that are traveling. Uh, about 28 of them, I think, something like that from the church. So they've arrived in uh, Paris and going through Switzerland and wherever it is that they're all going. So just pray for them that the Lord will be with them and give them a good, good time and bring them back home safely. So there's many needs among us. Let's just take them before the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads with gratitude and thanksgiving, we want to express to you tonight, Father, how we feel. We are so grateful, Lord Jesus, to be living in this day. Your prophet said it this way, that if you would have put the whole program before him and said, I want you to preach, what time would you want to live? And he said, I would have chosen this time. He said it would have been a great time to live when you were here. And then he made reference to different times when you've been moving upon the earth. But he said to him, this was the greater time. So we iterate that the same prayer to you tonight, Father, that we thank you for choosing us and allowing us to live in this day. It's a day of great stress, a day of great trouble, 
so much heartache, disease, trouble, sickness, everywhere we look, Father. But yet at the same time, the light of God is shining brighter than it's ever shown before. It's an age of darkness, but yet it's a golden age. It's a day, O oh God, when death is lingering and hovering over the people. And yet the earth has never been so close to her change. And we have never been so close to ours. So truly, it is a day of paradox. We thank you, Father God, for allowing us to be illuminated by your presence. We pray tonight, Father, you'd help us. Help me that I can get out of the way. Lord, take me. Take this human instrumentality. Use this part of yourself which you place within me called a gift. Anoint it with your own presence. If you do, Lord, then there'll be things that'll be said that'll be a benefit to help these people. If you don't, Lord God, it'll just be a protractive meeting. And then you say, well, it was good to be together. It was nice. I enjoyed the songs. Minister had some good things to say. But Father, if you come, oh Lord God, we'll know it was not me. We'll know it was not Brother Joel. We'll know it was not any rest of these brothers or sisters here. But it had to be you. Would you speak to us tonight, Father? We'll give our hearts, our gratitude, our praise, everything that we have to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. And the saints said, Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. you. may be seated. Brother Joel told me Brother Tim Burdett is here. Brother Tim, where are you? God bless you, buddy. Good to see you tonight. Glad to have you with us. How many is looking forward to our new home? Our new home. You know, the desire of God to be able to bring such a home into existence must be something that has been overwhelming to his desire. He's been working on this for many, many thousands of years. Just since his ascension, it has been 2,000 years that he's been working on it. But yet in the parables, in the types, in the shadows, in the things that was revealed even from the Old Testament, he has been foretelling, forecasting this future event for many, many millennium. And yet before time ever began, it was in his mind when he desired to become tangible. How long has this really been in the mind of God? There's no way for us to really know. But I would, I would imagine that it has been millions and possibly even trillions of years if we could count it in time. So we're not talking about something that just, oh, well, heaven is this little something at all that we're all going to and we're all just going to exist. No, this is a plan that has been so great to God that He's given so much thought and so much preparation to it. No doubt only eternity will be able to convey to us how great that it really is. Now, what we want to start with, at least start with tonight and go see how far the Lord will let us go, is the future glory which will be revealed in this blessed home. Now, the Lord Jesus, when he was here, he was truly a profound mystery because they would look at him and see him cry as a man. 
No doubt the disciples would hear him and he would groan with a headache and they would hear him as he would groan because of their misunderstanding of the word. And he would, he would express human feelings of disappointment and sadness because of the lack of their understanding when they would bring up things like, who gets to sit at your right hand? And I want to be the biggest one and I want to be that. And, you know, it must have so grieved him in his heart. And he would have, they would have seen how Jesus would even said, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm tired. Let us, let us go apart and rest a while I'm, I'm really tired I'm, I'm wore out and then they would see him step to the bow of the ship and speak to the wind and speak to the sea and just these words come out of his mouth and the wind and the sea obey him they must have so misunderstood who he was and we know that part of the time it was the son which was the logos made flesh talking and part of the time it was the Father, which was the eternal, the invisible, only wise God. And no doubt they must have been puzzled of who was even talking anyway from back and forth and back and forth. So he was a dual personality, if you wish to say it that way. And he was both human and he was divine. But yet the real effigy of his glory was never truly revealed unto the majority of the people. He chose to speak by parables. He chose to speak in forms that they left questions in their mind and they really didn't understand what he was trying to get at, the point that he was trying to make. But yet here we find the setting of a little glimpse into the future glory of the future home. Now, I love the glory of God. I love studying about the glory of God. Uh, actually, one of the last sermons that Brother Branham was preparing to preach when he went back to the tabernacle in Jeffersonville on his way back was the glory of God. It was going to be one of the Christmas sermons that he was going to preach. And several years ago, Brother George and Sister Rebecca allowed me to make copies of those notes that Brother Branham had of the trail of the serpent and also one called the glory of God. Uh, that one was the, the one that was ready to be preached. The trail of the serpent was still in the original rough draft, as they called it. And yet the other one called the glory of God. It was much of the things that Brother Branham had already said. But yet it was bringing a lot of that together of the glory of God. And it was transcending a little bit beyond the things maybe that we've looked at before. But to bring us into a real good view of what lays ahead of us by catching a glimpse of what had been in the past. And truly, whenever the Lord Jesus come upon the earth, there was a little bit of a tiny glimpse of the glory of God that was at his advent, the spiritual advent, at the announcing of his birth. But yet, at his own personage, there was hardly any instances at all by which you would ever catch this, this real image of who this was. By looking at him, his flesh would have looked like any other Jew. The color tone of his skin and his eye color would not have been a, you know, a great extravagant heavenly color. His eyebrows would have been similar to other Jews that was there. The color of his hair, the length of his hair. He had fingernails just like me and you. 
and he had all these human resemblance as any other mortal. Yet there was something totally different about him, but it was hid in that it was the Shekinah hid behind the effigy or the image of a man. And very few people ever got to see what we just read about right here. And that was on the mount called Mount Transfiguration. Now, of course, Matthew wrote about this. Mark wrote about it. Luke writes about it. And they each one phrase it a little bit differently. But they bring together the imagery of the story. And yet it's laid here in the four Gospels for 2,000 years. But Bible expositors, of course, have tried to explain it. But yet God allowed His prophet to be able to go into the types of this and bring out that it was more than just a happening that was right there. To be able to take up a space here in the scripture, but it was actually a prophetic occurrence that happened with the express image of God being revealed for the first time from the inside out. And the imagery was so strong that it allowed the humanity of the Lord Jesus to become into the future image of what he was going to be insomuch that the hidden glory could reveal itself through the outward body as it will at that great day. Everybody with me so far? Now, notice then the word transfigure that Matthew used here is the same uh, word that we use in our English word as metamorphosis. And it actually means a change from within. So, of course, you're familiar with uh, the butterfly and the story of a butterfly. And it is the exact same great word metamorpho, uh, which uh, uh, Matthew rather chooses to write. And it is that something is made visible on the outside, but it's not just something that comes from out here and shines upon this humanity and makes it illuminate. No, that's, that's totally the wrong concept, which is the way that many people look at the transfiguration. Transfiguration was not something coming from the outside and shining on the humanity of the Lord Jesus, but it was what was already on the inside of the Lord Jesus being allowed to shine itself out through his humanity. I just described your rapture. A lot of folks are looking for the rapture to come way out here and from something way out yonder. One day we'll find the tape and we'll all listen to this tape and that'll bring the change or some preacher will stand and preach some great sermon that nobody's ever preached and that'll be the rapture. Nope, it'll be the last one getting in, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, the last member of the body coming to their place in Christ Jesus and the power of God that is in you tonight if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it will force your body to obey what's already living inside of you right here tonight in this building. You believe that? Now notice then this glory that was, was in him, this or this metaphor uh, was like the metamorphosis of the creature, the little butterfly, and how it's able to go into its cocoon, and it solidifies and totally changes its species, its digestive tract, everything about it totally changes, and it becomes into a liquefied form. So much puzzle scientists that they've run them through an MRI and let the MRI go 
going, you know, for hours and days on end to be able to watch as this little thing transforms. It's totally beyond anything Darwin could ever explain, be able to imagine, well, hallelujah, but yet it's something on the inside of this little guy that totally changes himself. Well, it's the same way with you and I, that it's beyond me, it's beyond you. I'm going to be changed in spite of myself. I'm going to be raptured in spite of myself, and so are you. That's right. So it was a, a, a preview, if you will, a prefigure of the glory of God in the future kingdom, but also of our rapture. So it was a reflection, not of an outward light. Now I can stand here tonight, and if I'd stand in the right place, you'd be able to see this light illuminating my face if I had a piece of metal, and I'd be able to take that and bend it and reflect it and hit in y'all's face. And you'd have to, oh, don't do that, don't do that, that hurts my eyes. Well, because that is a ability to be able to reflect that light, and it becomes refracted as it was and I could change it if I had a prism it would be able to come through that and reflect seven different colors that's not the way the Lord Jesus was transfigured it was not something from without coming upon something that was beneath that but it was something from within reflecting through that to be able to show what he really was from the inside Now, it's the exact same word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Same word, metamorphosis by the power of God that's in you. Also, the same word that's used in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, when Paul said that as we behold the image in the glass, that we look and see in, in the image of the glass, that we are changed from one image or one form to another. So here the same word is used of the Lord Jesus. It is used with you in your spiritual walk with God. So what is the rapture? The rapture is the consummation of what's been going on all of your life since you've been born again. Now watch how Matthew says this again in verse 2. He was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun. Now, the glory then, remember, was not a reflected glory because Matthew does not say that he shined as the moon because the moon does not have light of its own, but it only reflects the light. If we look out tonight and see the moon and there's no clouds there, but we can see it and the moon will be so brilliant and beautiful, but yet the moon has no light of itself, none whatsoever, but it's made to be able to reflect the light of the sun. That's the way that many times people look at the Lord Jesus and they want to make him the second person of the Godhead. They want to make him like the moon and Father God, they think, is like the sun. But this is the sun himself. Amen. Amen. That's right. So notice then, his face was as the sun and not as the moon. He was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun. So the shining came from within like the sun does and the glory was extremely bright and and Matthew when he writes this he he reflects it as if though the effigy or the resemblance of this was so bright that you couldn't hardly look at it. 
And the imagery of that was something coming from within. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now Paul here is quoting of course what happened in Genesis. Uh, when God said let there be light and there was light. Then God spoke and commanded the darkness to be able to be dispelled. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Why? Because we are an antitype of what the earth was. So if the earth was in darkness, so were we in darkness. But the earth had seeds laying there from some former civilization. That's right. Notice, so he said, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the same light that was in the beginning is the same light that's in you, which is the same light reflecting in the face of the Lord Jesus. Sound like to me it's all one family. Now the glorious splendor then of the Godhead was poured into the Lord Jesus. He was not a third of the Godhead, two thirds of the Godhead. But Paul said in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Well, Brother Donnie, I don't worship Jesus. I realize there's some of these crazy message preachers that are saying that. They don't worship Jesus. And Jesus ain't got no angels. And Jesus, you know, Jesus better watch himself. He better be careful. I'm giving you direct quotes now from message preachers. That Jesus better be careful and watch himself. And Jesus, you know, ain't got no angels. And Jesus is this and that and the other. I'm not sure where they get that trash and nonsense. But they don't get it from the Bible. And they don't get it from the message of the Brother Branham said Jesus was God or he was the biggest imposter the world ever knew. That's right. Amen. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to stand up for him. Are you? Now notice that this glorious splendor of the Godhead bodily. We're able to get a little view of it now as he's transfigured on the mount called Transfiguration. And in the old times, of course, it dwelt in the temple built by Solomon. And it come down and appeared in various times. But now it was in the truest temple that God had ever had on the earth. So the sacred body of the Lord Jesus being the truest temple that Adonai had ever dwelt in is now reflecting the true image of God himself. And this is perfect worship, God in a man. Amen. God in a church building is not perfect worship. Well, come on now. Why? Because when John looked there in heaven, he saw no temple. So perfect worship, if it's God only in a church, we'll never be able to worship perfectly in heaven because there ain't no church building there. But what is it? It is God in his people and us going back to our father's house where we came from in the beginning. That's what this whole thing about. It's a restoration back to father's house. Notice this, so in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily, but yet our Lord's glory was so hidden and so mysteriously maintained within him that this is one of the few times that the tabernacle was opened up and let it out. Do you understand what happened here on Mount Transfiguration? It was not some borrowed something from an old man God that was up in heaven and God was saying, this is my little boy down there. He's doing such a good job. Hang in there, son. I'm with you, boy. Oh, no. The Father was in him. 
there wasn't an old man and then a younger man sitting on the little bitty tiny throne on his right hand side. He said, I and my father are one. Amen. Notice then our Lord's glory was not reflected, but rather radiated from his being. Now there's a great difference. It was not reflected going, now what are we? We are the moon, right? We are the wife of the sun. Then any light that we have, any glory that comes out of our life, it's all borrowed. If a preacher does something for the kingdom of God, it's a borrowed light. If a singer writes a song and it blesses people, he ain't got no right to feel like he's all puffed up and proud. A piano player, an organ player, a guitar player, is that right? Because they are the moon, which is the wife of the sun. But the Lord Jesus was not second or third in the Godhead. He was the Godhead. That's right. So the change from the outside came from what was allowed to express itself from deep within the fountain of his origination. Now remember, it was this that came out of the eternal. And what we're seeing here is actually a little view of the essential glory of God, which was expressed in his person. Now you say, what in the world has this got to do with heaven? Everything. This is what we're going to see every day of our life once we get there. Praise God. Don't you understand what he was doing there? He was giving us a little view of what we're going to see and what it's going to be like whenever we embrace our new home. Notice in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. Isn't it amazing the way Paul said that? Instead of turning it around by the power of his word, he says the rhema of his dunamis. <laughs> the rhema of his dynamite. Praise be to God. So it was the Logos is the written word. Satan has access to the written word, the Logos. But Satan can never tap in to the rhema of God, which is the living word for the hour that you're living in. Well, blessed be the Lord, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And the word, of course, your image is kone, and express is katatatur, which is the word which is used that you would take a pen and you would make an image and you would write letters. And it's also in similitude of the word used to be a fax, which is a fax machine. And you would fax an image. Jesus was the fax of God. God. God fetched himself down through oh hallelujah he faxed himself down through time not another person the same person amen hallelujah now notice then let's, let's look in, again in Matthew chapter 17 verse 3 behold there appeared unto them Moses and Elias now I wonder how they knew who these men were. How did they know what Moses looked like? How did they know Elijah? But now watch what we have in this setting. 
So we have the eternal, the invisible, the only wise God on this mountain. Then we have the glorified Lord Jesus. We have Moses, which was dead, but is risen. And we have Elijah, which was raptured. And then we've got Peter, James, and John. And then on the outside of the mountain or the base of the mountain kingdom, we've got all the rest of these people. Praise God. What is it? It's the order of the future kingdom. Praise be to God. So here we have the resurrected. But notice now, only certain ones are in the mountain. And the others are down here at the foot of the mountain. Now remember the rest of the apostles and all the rest of humanity, the other tribes and nations and kings and all of them, they're down here at the foot of the mountain. But these guys are up there where all this great supernatural is taking place. Glory to God. Now, what's the categories that are revealed in this time? And you'll see exactly what it's going to be like in the future home. Notice Brother Ram paragraph 475 of the future home. He said, here Peter, James, and John was standing there looking at him on Mount Transfiguration. And he's talking about Moses and Elijah, of course, appearing. Right there in the land where the mountain is to be raised up to dwell in. Now, you know, this mountain here, Mount Transfiguration, a couple different places where they think it was. Mount Tabor, which Josephus says, actually, there's a, a fortress there at that time. It couldn't have been there. Others say Mount Hermon here and there and there. I really don't care. All I know is it happened. But, you know, well, it won't have to be somewhere in that proximity. Don't worry. It'll be at the right place at the right time. But right in the proximity somewhere of where they were will set this mountain which is going to come up out of the earth and the earth will churn and volcanoes will explode and out of this will come this gigantic mountain from the earth and up here comes the capstone, the city and it'll come down and set right down. Hallelujah! It'll set right down on the mountain just as God came down at the river Jordan and the capstone come down and set and fill the body of the Lord Jesus. Heavens and earth kissed each other. God and man were reconciled. Amen. Notice he said, see, there was the rapture church then represented. There was them that are asleep represented. Whereabouts? Now, Brother Ben's drawing this on a blackboard. In the city up on top of the mountain, see? There was Peter, James, and John looking on three a witness. There was Elijah, Moses, and Jesus as a heavenly witness. That was Moses the dead had been raised up. That was Elijah the rapture was still alive. And that was both represented on the mountain. And Jesus the redeemer when God up above him like this overshadowed him and said, This is my beloved son. 
Remember Jesus had said about a day before that, Verily I say unto you that some are standing here will not see death until they see the kingdom of God established in power. What was it? The resurrected dead, the raptured saints together, called up together to meet him in the air with God overshadowing him and Jesus standing there in the shadow saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The order of the new kingdom. Oh, brother, sister. Praise God. Praise God. The order of the new kingdom. Notice question answer 64. On top of Mount Zion will set the Lamb. And the city will need no light, for the Lamb is the light thereof. And above the Lamb will be the Father, which is the Logos, God the great light, the eternal light that will shine just above the throne. Like he did on Mount Transfiguration. The order of the future kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus will not be on his father's throne. He will be on his throne. And the father will hover over the son. (laughs) Hallelujah. What was he doing on Mount Transfiguration? The father was hovering over the son. Which the Father and Son will be one, and while they are yet speaking, I will answer. Before they can think, I'm thinking for them. That's right. And Jesus will commit a perfect, perfect age to a perfect living God that he has received, redeemed, to give over to the Father. Is that right? Will turn to God, Father, which is spirit, not a man. God is not a man. God is not an old man, a young man, a little man, a big man. God is not a man. God is spirit. The man is Jesus. Hallelujah. God said from this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Praise God. Oh my. We'll turn to God, the Father which is spirit, not a man's spirit. All nature of goodness gathered together. That's God and goodness. Not that anything perverted good is evil and that's Satan's kingdom. All good belongs to God. You know, I wonder how long it was before Peter ever got to a spot to where that he was able by the grace of God to restate this situation. Like us, you know, whenever you do something kind of crazy or dumb, you ever want to redeem yourself? Oh, the rest of you don't do dumb stuff? I believe you're the biggest dummies in the building then if you don't think you do dumb stuff. So Peter, you know, well, let's build three tabernacles. Let's do this and that and the other. But after he got the Holy Ghost, 
he had some insight. Hey, listen at him. Second Peter 1.16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his You know as well as I do, only the king has majesty. Your majesty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Peter didn't say his humanity, his flesh, his this, that, or the other. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. You imagine Brother Terry, when he wrote it this time, he thought about his ignorance and thought about his own humanity. Boy, I messed up big time there. I messed it there. How in the world could I have wanted to say such a thing? But Peter, you got it right. Let me just tell you tonight, friend, you may mess up. You may fall short of the glory of God, but God will bring you back to where you need to be. And God will allow you to write your own second Peter chapter 1 verse 6 16 where you can say well I once believed this but praise God God got me straightened out oh my and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain Praise God. So we have the Father God hovering over the body called the sonship. Now here's the effigy of the eternal presence that we will see in the eternities. So this brightness of his glory and express image of his person. We have Moses and we have Elijah resurrected dead, raptured. Then we have Peter, James, and John, the Jews. Glory! Hallelujah! Israel, glory be to God, being reflected by these Jews. And then we have all the rest of these people down here at the foot of the mountain on the outside of what is taking place up on this mount. So only the elect out from among the elect had been called to experience this glory. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how this must have moved on them and they couldn't wait to get back down to tell it and before they got off the mountain, Jesus said, tell no man. You imagine them thinking, What? As I've said before, some of us are blabbermouths with our experiences with God. Well, come on now, don't get quiet on it. Sometimes God don't want you telling everything he does for you. Everything he speaks to you, even how he blesses you, sometimes it's just between you and them. Now, can you imagine as time released Peter and he felt released by the Lord, Brother Jim, before he's even able to write this? I don't believe it directly disobeyed the Lord if the Lord had told him that, do you? There must have been a release to where Jesus said, this is years and years and years after the experience happened. 
And the Lord Jesus said, Peter, tell it. Tell my wife. Donnie's going to use that for a sermon. William Branham's going to use it for a sermon. Luther's going to use it. Wesley's going to use it. Tell them, Peter. Tell them not only what you saw, but tell them what they're fixing to experience themselves. Notice in verse 4, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. But look at the Lord Jesus. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise. And be not afraid. You imagine when this glory, when this glory, when this glory turns and goes back in. This glory, Brother Rob, did not leave off of him and go up yonder somewhere. It turned and went back in where it came from. Lord have mercy. This glory, Lord children, if you could realize tonight what's living inside of you. If you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, eternal life, Zoe. If you only realize what's value inside of your human tabernacle tonight. If God would open up your soul and let that step out and you would look at it. It would scare you, no doubt, as a human being. You would say, Lord, have mercy. Is that an angel? Lord, what is that? God would say, no, honey, that's you. That's you. That's the real you. That's who you are. Don't you see what the rapture will be? It'll be you being able to lead this into being transfigured. Praise God. Hallelujah. So here it turns. And he just steps back over. Now he becomes Jesus again. For a moment, he was the king in the future kingdom. For a moment, eternity had unfolded. For a moment, the kingdom was on the earth. You understand? Don't you understand how we feel that way sometimes? For a moment, we feel like we're almost there. For a, oh my, for a few moments when we get into his presence, we think, Lord have mercy. If it gets into ritual, we're just going to walk out of this building into a rapture. Ah, oh, but then alas, we come to ourselves. So you hear the glory just go. If you reach over and say, boys, it's okay. And they raised their head. 
But it's Jesus again. And they saw no man save Jesus only. Now I am that Jesus only. <laughs> I'm not interested in big name preachers. I'm not interested in big, you know, all this, that, and other around the message. I, I, I'm, I'm a Jesus only man. Jesus is my Savior. He's my King. He's my God. I'm not needing no other Messiah. Come on, saints. Come and go a step farther. Now, you know, the Lord Jesus, when he was here, he could have called this, this many things, many names, the future kingdom, <clears throat> the future home, all of that. But he chose to choose words to me that was so special and yet divine. Notice in John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you hate one another and rebuke people on Facebook and you talk about people and run them down and... If you love one another, oh my, if you love, show love one to another, have love one to another. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord. Now Jesus has got to tell him, I'm fixing to leave. I'm going to go away. Whether go or sound, Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou canst not follow me now. But thou shalt follow me afterwards. Now notice how genuine, sincere people of God can want the wrong thing. The right thing but the wrong time. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? Peter was asking for something out of the will of God. To want to go to heaven? To want to be with the Lord Jesus? That wasn't out of the will of God. It was the time he was asking it. You know, we get folks like that around this word. They hate life. They hate church. They hate family. They're never happy about nothing. They want to go to heaven so bad. You're like Peter. The Lord Jesus had a lot for Peter to do. And his desire was flat wrong. Well, come on there, friends. Don't sit there and look at me. Elijah got in the same frame of mind. Well, just kill me and take me home. Jonah got in the same frame. Well, just kill me and take me home. That's a coward's way out. It's much easier to go into heaven and walk down streets of gold than it is live down here in this hellhole every day and fight devils and fight to come to church and fight to pray and fight to read your Bible and fight to listen. Oh, I, I'm just so sick of this world. I want to go. You think the rest of us don't feel the same way? But somebody's got to be a man and stand here and fight until the Lord Jesus is done with us. I want to go too, but I don't want to go until he's done with me, brother. I want to stay here and I want to chew on that devil. I want to gnaw on him till I ain't got no more teeth. And then I want to gum on him. Oh, hallelujah. Until the devil said, back off, Donnie. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Without thou lay down thy life for my sake, verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. In other words, Peter, you ain't even ready to leave. 
No, you think you're big, high, and mighty, and you're ready to fly. You still got a lot of things that need to be developed in your character, boy. Let me tell you one reason some of y'all ain't walking down the streets of gold and blowing on angelic horns. You got too many tempers you're blowing on down here. You got too many problems that need to be worked on in your own life. Come on, saints. You got too many things that need to be fixed in your life. Walk down the streets of gold. Let's see you walk a godly life on blacktop. Then we'll walk down the streets of gold. Praise God, boy, that was a good one. Hallelujah. Now, you know, of course, that the Bible was not written in the way that we read it today, in the format, in the form, as far as chapter and verse. That's why sometimes you're reading down through there and you come to the end of a chapter and then they start a new chapter and you say, that don't sound right. Something don't sound right about it. Well, this one is a perfect uh, setting of that same thing. Notice Jesus, now as he answers Peter, and then the translators, of course, whenever they put the Bible together, then they broke this chapter at the end of verse 38 and they call it the new chapter, John 14, and they give it verse 1. But in reality, in the original manuscript, it's not broken into this verse. Jesus goes straight, you imagine, going straight from telling Peter he's going to deny him straight into this next phrase. Let not your heart be troubled. So he rebukes Peter and tells Peter he's missing a lot of things in his life. And then right in the same sermon, I mean, we've heard Jesus do the same thing, doesn't he? He just burn our high and turn right around and tell us how much he loves us. Some of y'all would like to stop me on them times and make that another chapter, wouldn't you? Now here he goes from rebuking Peter and telling him all this, and then he, he turns to the rest of the apostles, Peter included, of course, and said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many Mansions. I love the book of John myself. It's probably my favorite of the four gospels. The word father is used 53 times from John 13 to John 17. The word world that we use so commonly is used more in the book of John than any all the rest of the books that you'll look at. So here we find the intimate relationship of the Lord Jesus being reflected in John, being the disciple of his heart, really is able to catch it. Now, notice as Jesus now goes beyond, you imagine going beyond what he's fixing to suffer and them tore all the pieces. You can imagine how we'd be, if we'd been sitting there and Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem, they're going to kill me. Son of man's got to be crucified and nothing. No, 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 you're going to restore the kingdom, right? I mean, you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel on the earth. I mean, this is what you're here for, right? Isn't this what you're for? And he said, no, I'm, I'm going to be crucified. Crucified? No, far be it from you. Peter rebuked him. Far be it from you. No, Lord. And Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan. 
Then Jesus goes to now and he said, now I know you're tore up. I know that you're beside yourself. But he said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I'm going away. I, don't, don't be all weary. I know you're so concerned about it. But he said, now notice how he lets us in, in, in this, in, oh, so this intimate spot. In my father's house. Now we know that whenever the King James was translated, that the word house was actually used as a word for a kingdom. And the king was to be considered the father of his kingdom. So Jesus does not identify heaven just as streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. But he actually calls it by the father's name. In my father's house. So the kingdom, the kingdom is a house. Now don't get in your mind this pyramid city is actually big pyramidal shaped walls of gold. The walls will be standing straight up like this, but it will be built on a pyramidal form. So there will be houses, parks, and gardens, and all that shaped like this, similar to the hanging gardens of Babylon. So it will not be shielded, as it were, like the temples and, and, and the tombs, of course, of the pharaohs that were built, but it will be built in a pyramidal shape, form, Spherical, not like the earth itself in a circle, but like this with houses and gardens and parks and avenues and trees and waters and streams. Praise God. And all of this is my father's house. All this is my father's house. Is that a big house or what? 1,500 miles that way, that way, that way, that way, and that way. In my father's house are many mansions. Now notice now, not concrete and rebar and steel and then gold and pearls, but he chooses to identify the future kingdom, our home that we're going into, and calls it our father's house. So this gives us an insight of what we're going to be doing through eternity. In Father's house. What are we going to be doing for eternity? We're going to Father's house. So Father will be worshipped. Father will be loved. Father will be adored. Children will be exalted. Children will be blessed. Children will receive the bounty of the Father's hand. Don't you understand? It is the abundance of God's mercy and grace. Every aspect and every facet of her beauty testifies of the saving grace of Almighty God. But yet in this is the very essential elements of what God wants to reflect it. And Jesus says, in my Father's So, he's not relating to this place as someone who's never been there. But he relates it as one who has been there and left and come to get the rest of those who were there in another form. And he, uh, he, he will go before them, but they will follow him. 
but ultimately they will all end back up in Father's house. <laughs> Can't you see why the kings and the nations of the earth of them that are saved will live outside the city? Why this is the Father's house. Who's it for? Family. (laughs) Praise be to God. And the nations of them that are saved will bring their honor and glory. Come on, children. They are saved. Many of them received him in the millennium. Many of them received him down through time. But did they ever enter into a new birth? No. Who entered into the new birth? Only those who come from him in the beginning. In the eternal. So where'd you come from? You come from the Father's house. (laughs) Hallelujah. You come from the Father's house. And when it's all said and done, you're going right back to what Jesus called my father's house. In my father's house are many monet. The Greek word here, monet, which is mansion, English word. And first John or John rather 14, 2, it's the same word used for a boat. And John 14, 23 as well. So Jesus is saying, in my Father's kingdom, in my Father's palace, are many rooms. He's taking this from the temple. On the temple mount to where the priest, glory be to God, were allowed to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the temple house in apartments that were attached to the house of God. In my father's temple, or in my father's house are many apartments. And only the priest, glory, got to live in the apartments attached to the house of God. Praise be to God. So it means rooms or Abiding places. Now when Jesus was on the earth, according to Mark 6, 3, Jesus was called a carpenter. And when Jesus left the earth, he's been building a new place. But while he's building that up there, He's building a church on the earth to go to it. (laughs) Praise 
meet the God. Some of you brothers here that build and you get in construction you're, and you got a little going on over here at this job and you got a roof over here, Brother Tim, and you got to go over and put some fascia on and you got to go over here, Brother Phil, and you got to put some cabinets in and you're kind of jumping back and forth because these people are really putting pressure on you. Well, the Lord Jesus has been in heaven now for 2,000 years creating this beautiful, marvelous, immaculate city and he's on, on the office of high priest. He's been by the Holy Ghost through the church agent creating a people, building a people, the master builder, building a people, a church to be able to move inside this city and they both look the same. Come and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Oh, (laughs) hallelujah. Let me just have a few more minutes. I'll let you go. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, I would have told you. Now, Buddha might have said this, but he couldn't have said it truthfully. Muhammad might have said it, but he couldn't have said it truthfully. This is the gate back to the Father's mansion doing the talking. Praise be to God. He sets himself forth as the revealer and the opener of the door back to the Father's house. If it was not so, I would have told you. Well, they've only got his word for it. Oh, is that all? Well, that may not be enough for you. That is definitely enough for me. What about it, saints? He stands there on the mountaintop saying from this heavenly view, from this view, if this was not so, I would have told you. He speaks of an unseen world that we dream about, that we fantasize about, that we write songs about, that we preach sermons about. But he preaches and talks of a world that he was in and left and fixing to go back. And fixing to leave again. And bring you back. Oh my, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now I'm going to close. Now I'm going to read you this and I want you to promise me you're going to be nice. Okay. I'm not going to promise you that I'm going to be nice, but I want you all to be nice. Somebody's got to be sane. I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, God. You see, it was customary to send one forward to find a place of rest for the people of God. Numbers 10, 32, and it shall be If thou go with us, yea, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, 
the same we do unto thee. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days' journey. Praise God. To search out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day. And when they went out of the camp. So Jesus sent Peter, James, and John, this very verb here that is used, to prepare the Passover meal, Mark 14. Also in Matthew 26. Jesus is also the forerunners. Paul calls it in Hebrews 6, Predominoris. For which hope we have is an anchor of the soul. For sure and steadfast which enters into the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus. Made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So the Ark of the Covenant, the Word, went before the people of God looking for a place of rest. The Lord Jesus, the Word, has gone before us. There was no place there, so he made one. Let's stand. Listen to this in paragraph 294, future home. In the new earth, there's a new city. Oh my, listen close, don't forget this. Jesus said in St. John 14, you go to prepare. Let not your hearts be troubled. He's going away. I have a reason to go away. You believed in God, he said. Believe also in me. They couldn't see that he was God. Well, it's really sad. All these messages, folks can't see it now. Said you believed in God. Now you believe in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. My father's house is many mansions. My father's kingdom. Many palaces. Christ is there under the construction of this new Jerusalem now. Now notice this date, 8264. Now people can say whatever they want to say about us, they can follow whoever they want to follow. They make fun of us for following a man, everybody's following somebody. At least we're following a vindicated man. I'm glad to know that I'm following a prophet of God that was able to not only be able to tell us things that was going on on the earth, but in such synchronization with God that he knew the construction zone was still open in heaven. Because the, when the church age book was released by the end of 1965, by then it was put in there and said the gates is already hung, streets is already paved, everything is just about ready for it, and those angels are standing there breathlessly awaiting its inhabitants. So the Lord had another year or so to finish up the city. Brother Donnie, you're crazy. I know it. I love it. I love it. 
Christ is there under the construction of this new Jerusalem. Now, now listen close. Don't, don't move. Don't, don't. Oh, y'all hear me say this on tape. Listen close. Don't move. Don't, don't, don't miss this. Christ is in heaven today. Preparing the new Jerusalem. Just as God created the earth in six days. Made the earth in six days for 6,000 years. And he said, be not ignorant. We read in the scripture. One day, 1,000 years is one day. Christ is gone and is preparing a place. But it's been on its construction for many, many thousands of years. Preparing a place. And if I go prepare a place, I will come again. And receive you and know myself that where I am, there you may be also. Notice. The Redeemer and the Redeemed. Then the next paragraph he says, Oh, I wish I had time now. I've got it wrote down here to read about Solomon courting this girl. Some of y'all thought that was a song. Oh, no. Solomon was the throne inherit of David. What a beautiful place to bring in the song of Solomon. Let's pick it up again in the morning, Lord willing. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Our new home. Praise God. Don't you want to go? So friends, what can we go through in this life that's greater than this? What can we, all you'd suffer, all that you'd be laughed at and ridiculed and made fun of, that you'd suffer for the cause of the Lord Jesus? Paul said the glory that shall be revealed in us at that. There's nothing in this world that can even compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us at that time. The next time you read this about Mount Transfiguration, if you've got enough faith to do it, put yourself right there beside Jesus and realize one day, this is what's going to happen to you. The rapture ain't coming from out yonder. The prophet said, if you've got the one just a little bit of the power of God, you've got enough power of the Holy Ghost in you to create a world and live a private life on it. Is that right? Call your own body from the dust of the earth. bow our heads together oh Lord Jesus thank you gracious father oh Jesus as we endeavor Lord in our human weakness and human frailty to try to bring into the view of your people such a blessed place that you have gone to prepare Help us, I pray, Lord. Oh, the prophet said, can you imagine a man that would have the means, that would be able to build a place for the woman he's fixing to marry, what it would be like? And he said, in future home, oh, bride, what would it be like? What will it look like? Did you ever wonder, he said, bride, what it'll look like? When divine mercy which is bought in the divine attribute of God, which is divinely predestinated. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. 
We thank you so much. We're so grateful, Father, that we don't have to wait until that day to see the supernatural. But we can see you among us right now. Changing lives, moving among us by your word, healing the sick, delivering those that are bound. We thank you for it, Father. For we know it is a little glimpse of that Shekinah glory. What is it in a man's hands that he would be able to lay his hands on people? As one of the sisters walked up here Wednesday night, Lord, with severe pains in her chest and been there for several days. Lord, before I was able to get home, they had sent me a message that you had removed them supernaturally by your power. Donnie Reagan can't do that. No other man can do it. It's the supernatural God. Lord Jesus, we count it such an honor to be walking and talking with the blessed King. Praise be to God. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. How many wants to go with all your heart? Don't you just want to be there? After Brother Branham preaches this in future home, he said, don't you want to go to He said, oh, I just want to be there so bad. So bad. You just want to be there. Praise God. He's made a way for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sing something for us, Harry. Can we worship just a little bit now before we go? Praise God. Praise God. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, great, mighty King. I've heard them say. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Do things right. One must take their time. In a hurry pace. There's often waste. With no sense of reason or right. But when I think about. See him standing in a line, just waiting for one moment or more of the precious Savior's time. 
take a thousand years, maybe two, just to thank Him for His wonderful love and His grace that
It's my time. I'm gonna take my time to talk of His amazing grace. I'm gonna thank Him for the love that He bore, and not leaving me alone. When it's my time, I'm gonna take. Oh. 
Let's just sing that together as we go tonight. Remember the service in the morning. Come pray and pray for our pastor tonight. Let's just sing this as we go. Leaving on my mind. Well, this old house that I'm living in is needing repair. The windows and the shutters Letting in the cold, cold air. I say to myself, gonna fix it when I can find the time. All I'm getting lately is leaving all. of my time I'll soon 